This is episode 10. Episode 10. Okay. We're in double digits now. <laughs> double <we> D's. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to the Irish Writers Podcast. We are three unpublished writers trying to become published authors. Um, we are Kathy, that's me, and I'm joined by Kate and Laura. <laughs> okay. And this week we are talking about the rules of our different genres. Um, so will I let one of you guys kick off? So uh, let me let me I guess let me explain where we're coming from. So. I'm writing a crime novel, so I've got the rules of uh, crime novels in front of me. Kate is writing science fiction, so she's got and some... Fantasy. And fantasy. sorry. And so she's got some rules about that in front of her. And Moira's got some comedy rules mm-hmm. in front of her. Um, so, which one of you guys wants to kick off? Do you want to go first, Kate? Oh, All eyes are looking at you. Picked. Okay, I guess I'm going now. Yeah. Um, so I'm writing fantasy fiction novel and I've also written a science fiction novel um, so the rules are um, actually you can make up your own rules but there are rules to those rules Okay. Um, so there's there's I've mentioned this in a previous podcast the uh, How to Write Science Fiction and Fantasy by Orson Scott, Car- Scott Card um, <clears throat> and he goes through and just kind of explains what each of the genre it, like the science fiction is and there's different categories of science fiction and then fantasy fiction and what kinds of things fit in there um, basically anything with time travel or something the reality set in the future um, or anything with robots and okay. <laughs> spaceships and um, or or um, science uh, Related thing like uh, I'm totally blanking on examples. Yeah, I didn't. Can I ask really you a question? Like, yes, you can ask me a question. So you're you're writing fantasy novel. Yeah. When you're kind of building a new world, and what kind of things did you think had to be rules in that world? Yeah. So I completely made up my own world, <clears throat> which has a lot of similarities to the world that we live in, but um, you have to kind of establish. The world and the rules of your world mm-hmm. in the book and early on. So do you have to do that at the start, though, or can you? Well, kind of you can go. You kind of initially. I mean, if people, they have to be consistent. They, yeah, you have to you be can, consistent. But do, you, but do you have to be like you know? Hello, dear reader. Today we are on you know the red moon well, of wherever, no. and uh, you know. Yeah. Well, like, you, do you, you have to reveal of, it within the first chapter, or can you kind no. of like? So I don't actually know how Tolkien did. I never read. I've never read the Lord of the Rings. I watched the movies, obviously, but I've never read it. Yeah. Well, you you do as the author is describing the world. I mean, it is your job to describe the rules of this world. Like, for example, are there unicorns? Can they fly? Yeah. You know. Can I fly? Can yeah, I fly? Yeah. Because Pratchett kind of does it up front. He kind of like mm-hmm. you know that kind of first opening paragraph, same opening. Mm-hmm. Paragraph yeah, but the rules of the of world isn't all in that paragraph it's just that no. like, this is a absurd world you know yeah. it just kind of sets the premise I <coughs> yeah. guess that right. you're not on but earth. you do yeah. have to establish yeah. those things yeah. early or you know at least in a timely way so that the reader is like oh okay so this is the norm yeah and <clears throat> and then you have to stick with your mm-hmm. rules you can't just yeah, isn't there a rule that you can't like magic your way out of it? Yeah, yeah. I think, like, I think it's like crime. You know, you can't no. kind of at the end go, oh, actually, he was, you know, this incredibly convenient person, the character I never mentioned before now, in the same way yeah, I can't exactly. be like, actually, yeah. there's this magical rule where yeah. I always win. Yeah, you know. <laughs> Here's a potion I made earlier. <laughs> yeah. yeah. That I have right. not mentioned before now. <laughs> yeah, it was my secret potion. <laughs> yeah. So, and, and yeah, I mean, this, this book that I was mentioning, I mean, he has. A lot of, a lot of just little details about if you're writing this kind of science fiction, with what kind of perimeters you have, and then if you're writing a different yeah. kind of science fiction or fantasy, you have a lot more freedom. Yeah, and I think that's really helpful because actually one of the things that I'm struggling with is that I can't put my book in any particular genre, which is mm-hmm. why I kind of turn to these rules because mm-hmm. I was like maybe if I understand the rules, I understand which genre I'm mm-hmm. in 
Right. Um, but I like the idea that he has, like, you know, he's made so many different boxes mm-hmm. within this kind of, like, much bigger area mm-hmm. that you, you okay, if, if you tick all these boxes, you're yeah. this type. If you tick all these boxes, you're that type. Does, right. does it work like that? Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of freedom in in writing fantasy. I mean, it's mostly, it's in your imagination, so mm-hmm. you're just trying to describe what's in your mm-hmm. imagination and the rules and the how the world functions. Yeah. But one thing he mentions is about language, and so the actual writing of it, mm-hmm. for instance, if they're, they're speaking a different language than English, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you can't write your whole novel in... You know, whatever <laughs> language. That, though, this is. Oh, yeah, the orcs are cockneys. Yeah, yeah, they are, yeah. But didn't he write make up a language? And, like, oh, hasn't he got like poems yeah, in, yeah. in but, but, but Tolkien sure. is a linguist. He's a, he was a yeah, linguist. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, like, oh, yeah. But, but half I, of them are I Welsh. Have, yeah, I have like this vague <laughs> memory of reading The Hobbit and like and turning he, he onto he really, a page yeah. that was not in English. I mean, like, yeah. right, well, there's enough of that. Yeah. You know, I've done my level best. He loved Finnish. Okay. Okay. So do they speak English like just with a so, different structure, or or well, am I remembering it right that they're speaking a different language? There's there's elvish all over mm-hmm. the place. Yeah, and, yeah, which is very like Welsh and like I, you know, mm-hmm. there's all little funny bits when you're Irish reading it because there's a bit like someone's called Finglas, mm-hmm. and <laughs> there's something where um, for for the oh my gosh, my brain is not working at the moment. Um, for the men of Rohan, when they go into battle, and <laughs> and uh, Théoden says, Fourth Erlingus. And I just go, <laughs> Fourth Erlingus. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to say that next time I, I think it. It's, <laughs> like, yeah, I think it's like E-O-R. But it's Fourth Erlingus. I always laugh at that as well. So they haven't made more of that in advertising. Capitalising on that right there. It's quite... Deeply hidden <laughs> nerdish crap in the middle of you know. Well, I don't know. You know, um, but yeah. Yes. So Look, yeah. Talcon sells. I'd be cashing in on that straight away. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's true. Very few people actually, you know, read all the way through. You know, true. it does get a bit dense at times. And, yeah. You know. Yeah. Well, yeah, and I think and so, I think the reason some of that gets dense is because of this world building and because of mm-hmm. so much description in it, and that's why yeah. it gets like yeah. I say that's a real problem. Is it like trying to avoid that heavy? paragraphs and paragraphs are just describing things yeah but there's some people who love that too oh, really? yeah, yeah, yeah. there's um like one the person that i'm is helping me edit yeah. who remains well you guys know him anyway, <laughs> i married him so he wants more description of the world and the culture and the history and okay. behind the, you know the cities and how Anyway, so I'm going back through and I'm adding more. I wonder, oh, is it a thing that so you funny. add more and then you take stuff away in that you add yeah. more so that it's consistent? Because I think what's probably really hard about fantasy is writing that consistency all the way through. Right. Because it's one thing to kind of imagine a world. It's another thing to actually make it concrete and solid. Because you have to keep yeah. mentioning thing, things throughout the, the work mm-hmm. to remind people, oh, yeah. Oh yeah, these people have this color mm. of eyes, and they're, yeah. they're different, and yeah. their size is different. And yeah. you know, I I remember reading this is something that really annoyed me as a child, and I will say, um, the Sweet Valley High books. Yeah. Have you ever heard oh, of those? Yeah. I love yeah. them. <laughs> I read them all oh, until there was the word. scary twin, and then I I was like, that went too close to horror. Yeah. Well, okay. So reading them, and yeah. every other paragraph is like. So Jessica looked at her sister Elizabeth and oh, full looked at the same long blonde yeah. hair and blue and eyes and the Scandinavian looks. And, and oh, the, but full and description it's like every, of the entire every outfit. single or looked in the mirror and yeah, and realized that, they looked the same. I'm sorry, <laughs> I, I have an identical twin. I don't do that every time I see my sister. See <laughs> not? No. You should do stuff now. Actually, on. I should. <laughs> detail every time. Or send her texts all the time. <laughs> I was looking in the mirror today, and I just saw you. I noticed. We both I have noticed. the same hair. <laughs> and even though we look very similar, we're different people. And then people used to ask us, which, which twin are you? Oh, I'm sorry, am I the super evil girl, or am I the goody, goody? Yeah. I'm like, two shoes I'm on. either. Yeah, and you're no longer my friend. <laughs> Do not <laughs> make me either one of them, please. 
do not make me the evil twin because it will happen just if you keep asking me that question. As long as I'm not Jessica. <laughs> yeah, I will be a I'm, I'm just like, there was the slutty one. There was yeah. The, <laughs> there was the, 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 the girl that was like a, the horrible sister. Yeah. <laughs> there was the, the one that you'd rather have as a sister. To be honest, neither okay. one of them might be like, no, no. So anyway, anyway that, sorry, we that yes, uh, right. was a different genre. But to be honest, but I think anyway, we skimmed so over it's that. It's too much. It was too much. Yeah. Like yeah. of that description. But you you do want to have that, um, especially. I mean, if it is if if you're you're making a point that these people are different. But my worry is, and it's a bit like um, backstory. Generally, like backstories in an absolute need to know basis. Yeah. I wonder you're, you're is really world. Backstory. I know. <laughs> I wonder <laughs> really is world building the same it's, thing? Is it like totally need to know, or is world building kind of part of the enjoyment of these books yeah. that you see book, it? It does. Yeah. Oh, okay. I, yeah. Yeah. Like, so you got to lead into a world, right? So, like. I'm going to use a terrible example to admit that I've read these books, but the Sucky Stackhouse books, the ones that True Blood is based on. Oh, <laughs> oh right, okay. <laughs> Don't judge me. <laughs> I was finishing my PhD. And, uh, you know, her character is, so she's introduced to this world of vampires and other things, like werewolves probably, and fairies, I think. Mm-hmm. And she's this odd character who can hear the thoughts of other people to the point mm-hmm. where they actually drown out her head you know okay. mm-hmm. and uh, so she's living in the arts and nowhere and cause yeah. she can't really cope being around people and so she gets brought into this world and because she knows nothing of it and because she is quite an odd person in the sense that kind of always hearing the thoughts of other people says she can't hear them mm-hmm. okay. and hearing the thoughts in other people's heads maybe I, I don't know if this is deliberate but dampened down her own development and her own right. kind of interactions with people so like she's this kind of in a way quite naive um, uh, walking into this world of all of a sudden she's deaf to what's going on in their mm-hmm. head something that she has always mm-hmm, heard mm-hmm, before mm-hmm. and um, so, she's clueless and she is your entry so, point like yeah, a reader so the author uses yeah, her yeah. experience to explain to you and it works for a while and then it becomes the, really annoying See, and there, that's where I'm like, need to know. Yeah, like, I mean, six mm. months later, like, I don't know. Oh, okay. okay. <laughs> Bad example. <laughs> no, you have no, not helped my point. Or, or like Game of Thrones, it's the Starks bring you into the world and you're the familiarity of the family unit, these kind of likable people. But does people. he spend that much time actually describing what they see and what they hear? And... Yeah, I think, well, I know that I got to the kind of read the first book for a while and I know that I kind of skipped description I'm a bit bad that way yeah. and I know that I didn't well, properly so... realise how big the wall was supposed to be until I saw the TV show and oh, I'm like really? oh a really big wall <laughs> alright <laughs> now I got what the deal was about <laughs> but, so, you were imagine Hadrian's wall which is tied to your knee <laughs> <laughs> kind of pissing off the wall <laughs> yeah. fucking deal I've pissed off a wall before <laughs> Uh, you know, um, uh, yeah, but uh, he has said afterwards that he'd made a mistake and that he's, uh, he's just used the wrong measurements and the wrong distances and the wrong times for okay, stuff okay. like that. Mm-hmm. But I think that, yeah, that that lead in, and I, I kind of, you know, until the end of the first book, you're kind of like thinking, is this a sort of pseudo historical, like a sci fi? Like I think the distinction between sci fi is sci fi is like our world, but maybe one key change okay. right mm-hmm. and then fantasy is a completely new world mm-hmm. and then you can have kind of historical sci-fi which is you know stuff that right. in the past there's if, if there was a change that was mm-hmm. different i guess it's probably not the right term for it but then i was kind of wondering was this like kind of like i don't know kind of like like the way middle earth is supposed to be earth at a certain stage was sure. is game of thrones supposed to be a sort of an alternative time <laughs> and then mm-hmm. the end of the first book you're like oh no magic all oh, right yeah <laughs> <laughs> yes. it's magic yeah okay. so, so he's taken a flight this? yeah so yeah. I, yeah i don't know like so again he doesn't establish that as a start no but it so is maybe it, it is, is need to know it can be no okay. it can be like but a, he does it's sometimes it's a feature of things though because yeah. i guess um what's kind of, her name rolling she kind of um well he do, actually he um martin does the very start the very first oh yes there's magic in the first there's magic in the, in the first there's zombies in straight off well zombies oh really zombies. Mm. okay Oh, yeah. they're not called zombies. But they are freaking zombies. But there are so. zombies. All right, I feel like I've, I've wandered People into die, controversy and there. Yeah, no, and I'm going to wander yeah. back away from it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah you're right. So in the first, in the in very that first, first yeah, um, that really creepy chapter, yeah, the very, very first prologue is so creepy. Uh, 
Yeah, that that was just like, oh yeah. This is I like, think I have read it actually, like, yeah. and I think yeah. I got turned off by it. <laughs> I was like, really? Yeah. I was like, yeah. oh yeah. <laughs> I was like, I'm scared. <laughs> yeah, I was like, this is too mature for me. I am not the mature audience for this. I was like, it will give me nightmares. So I'm gonna back uh, away. Yeah. Um, yeah, and then there's people who like. I think Tolkien does a lot of reflect. I think no matter though whether your world, the world building kind or not, you need a lead in because the world is too big. So you need a a narrative story. So like in Lord of the Rings. It's Frodo Baggins or Pilbo Baggins and Hobbit, you know, the person yeah. that you're following that's bringing you through mm-hmm. and so you're just connecting you with seeing. the familiar and yeah. then opening you up to what's different. So by showing you the familiar, you can get a handle on the world. So same with Game of Thrones. The start yeah. family structure is familiar to all of us, so that's mm-hmm. where it starts. Yeah. Sibling rivalry and that kind of thing. And kind of good natured and then it all turns bad. And then it goes evil. And then you're like, Oh, those happy times will never happen again. again. So then when you were saying that you're going to kind of put more description in, Mm -hmm. put more I wonder is that gonna slow down the start of your novel then if you put loads of description in and kind of describe the world. So what it's more and the way that I write is it like I'll have the idea and I'll see it in my head but then I'll, I'll write out the kind of basic skeletal structure so and then this is the third edit so I'm filling in where it just needs more. So you're just adding a little bit rather I'm than just adding, adding like a, a paragraph of here oh, and there okay, and okay, actually going through it. each chapter and seeing where it would mm. best fit and so that this right. So you can smell the smells, you can hear the sounds, you're mm-hmm. there, you know, you're yeah. more in this yeah. this world that I've created. So that, that makes yeah. sense. Yeah. yeah. Okay, cool. cool. But yeah, just real quick with the, yeah. the science fiction. <clears throat> science fiction is, for me, okay, that, science fiction and historical fiction mm-hmm. are probably the most difficult genres to write because historical fiction, you have to do... You have to know your stuff. Yeah, you have to do your research. And, yeah. do your, and science fiction, you do too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Because, that's too much. I mean, let's take one of my favorite films, Star Wars, you know. Yeah. Which is um, fantasy. Which is... Fantasy. It, uh, fantasy. Uh, fantasy. Uh, fantasy. Uh, fantasy. Just because it's in space doesn't make it science fiction. Well, oh, really? <laughs> what well, what do the rules say? What do the rules say? I don't care. Oh, <laughs> you rebel. What it does it? take place a long, long time ago. The galaxy the far, galaxy far, far away. far away. Okay, so, the, what, so does that make it... Fantasy. Fantasy. Okay, all right. Okay. Fantasy. Uh, I, I have Just not made up my mind space. on that yet. So <laughs> I thought it was like, if it's in space, it's science fiction. Well, <laughs> okay. they've got ships. They, and does they it have, do but, but warps science that, fiction must warps, have sorry, rules. It must have definition. Yeah. And um, what are the definitions of science fiction then as opposed to fantasy? It's well, I, I, so I think science fiction is based on the world that we know, okay. the science of the world that we know, and that there's something different about the science, something different about the world, something different. So Star Trek is futuristic, someone invented the warp coil. That's the thing. That's your shift. Okay, so Star that, Trek is science, science fiction. fiction. Oh, yeah, Star Wars is, is fantasy. fantasy. Yeah. Oh, okay, I could get on board for that. Hmm. And I will argue that <laughs> to the end of time. I'm so easily convinced. I'm like, okay, I like both of those I don't care what genre they're in. Okay. I, I, I should go get my Star Wars addict jumper that I just bought. It's this really big Star Wars addict. Um, so anyway, no, the, the part where he brings up parsecs. Oh, yeah. And it yeah. being... Oh, it's... it's, a, it's it, the units it's, are wrong. It's just time. Or so it's anyway, one the, it's... The, Things like that. Mistakes okay. you don't want to make. Yeah. And okay. follow you for Cause the end time. Because your film will fall into obscurity and no one will ever hear about it. Right. Yeah. 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 Like yeah. Or, yeah. 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 Poor George Lucas. He's yeah. really not yeah. been recognised in the world no. for storytelling. <laughs> okay. All right. Okay. We're going to have to move on. <laughs> okay. Yeah. So, okay. So, the next genre then... Uh, do you want to go? Yeah. Yeah. Um, okay. yeah. So, like, when you asked the question, there was a comedy, I was like... Are there? What? Uh, and then I was like, oh, I'll look up some rules. And then I looked up some things people said, and I was like, no, I disagree. You know? And then I thought, well, what do I think are the rules of comedy? So I kind of wrote things down. And I, so I think there has to be a core truth at, this, at, at the bottom of comedy. So in a comedy, it's supposed to be funny and enjoyable. But I think for it to be something, rather than just a series of gags, for it to be a story, there has to be something truthful in it, something deeper, mm-hmm. you know, and it could be... Well, 
but it's still comedy if it doesn't have a deep meaning. It's just not entertaining. Well, it's well, not. Is it dumb and dumber? Like, yeah, I, do, I don't think. But that's it's still funny. a comedy. I disagree. <laughs> what would you say? No, I have listen. I have another. I'll get to it. Okay, okay. I'll get to it. Right, you right, know, right. I, I have one absolute rule that I think Dumber Dumber violates quite a lot, and okay. it's no kicking down. No right? kicking down. What's that? You can so comedy is subversive. You can mock people, and but I think that you could kick upwards, but you shouldn't kick downwards. I think kicking downwards are people who have less privilege than you. Like, oh my God, disabled people are hilarious. Or people who have intellectual mm-hmm. disabilities, hilarious. Like, that's not funny. Like, you know, I, I just, that's, so that, I think, that's not funny. So all these rules, by the way, of course, they're subjective. Yeah, yeah. But like, well, I, I think, think, I think, I'm never sure, okay. But Meet the Fockers, I'd say that's kind of the same band as Dumb and Dumber, or I would say um, all those, all those, Really but terrible comedies. They're, they're like, terrible, but they're, they, they're still comedies. Whether look, you just think because someone classified them as comedies doesn't mean they're funny. <laughs> doesn't mean they're <laughs> like you know you can have like you can have people that break the rules of science fiction and yeah. they'll still be under the science fiction thing in this video shop that don't exist anymore, but did when I was growing <laughs> up, and it's how I think about genre. Yeah, um, that doesn't just because. Like, where these rules are arbitrary and subjective. I'm not saying no one has ever done this. I'm saying it's not funny. I think it's a rule that you should not kick down in comedy. Oh, okay. I think it makes it unfunny. Like, mm. I was kind of, you know, I'd go to Netflix and find old things I'm going to watch, and I hadn't ever seen Murder by Death. And I thought, oh, I'll watch this. In the first, like, five minutes, there's, like, a fat joke. There's a, oh, the blind guy's fucking hilarious. He's blind. All right. You know, right. oh, let's, let's, let's be racist. Let's be, you know, I think you're allowed kick at groups who hold power. You're yeah. allowed mock people who are privileged. Yeah. Like, I think that you, you can mock institutions that are, like, patriarchy or, you know, certain things. But I think it's, mm. I think, absolute golden rule in comedy, it is not funny to kick down, and you should not kick down. Yeah. But I guess you can be within those groups and mock them because I you guess can, they have power. Yeah, but you're you. not kicking down. Yeah. Like if you if you're say a stand up comic who's disabled and you make all these gags about disability, have at it. You're allowed. You're not kicking mm. downwards. Okay. Right? Yeah. So I can make. I suppose I can make a a joke about like patriarchy. Yeah. I'm a woman. Yeah. That's a joke. That's a kicking upwards joke. Yeah. As a very educated person, I should not be writing things about people who haven't gone to college and how stupid they are, right? That's okay. not funny. That's what I mean. Yeah, okay. From okay. where the position that you're in and the characters that you have, are they kicking down or are they kicking up? And okay. if they are kicking down, not funny. Okay, okay, yes. You're allowed to kick up words, you're allowed to mock people. So I think there are comedies out there that... That kick down. There and, are comedies yeah. out there that kick down, yes. But yeah. I think there are also comedies out there that tackle kind of very controversial subjects. Yeah. But and I do think some of them yeah. are very funny. Yeah. Um but it's obviously they're written by people from within those groups. Yes. And no, that's no. why they're and funny. Exactly. Yeah. You know, okay, okay, yeah. You're I can not, get on board with they're that. not those people they're not those people kicking down. Those those people are kicking up in their own way. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Like you okay. know, yeah, like yeah. someone say someone who hadn't gone to college can write about not going to college and what, what it does to your life or whatever yeah. and make it funny. That's fine. I can't because I live practically in a university <laughs> yeah. so, you well, just guess you don't see that humor you're just that, that's but why it's, it's not that's why it's, it's so me, important to have diverse writers down and teams. on someone and going you well, know it's just that you won't have experienced it so you won't you won't have that funny no you're doing that oh, 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 look at those poor people and their funny ways you yeah, know yeah, yeah. instead of like it's not funny i no. i think it's not funny yeah. i think okay. kicking down mm-hmm. is not funny i think right, kick yeah. upwards yeah. absolutely have at it um anyway that's my thing that i really kind of gets me but I think that comedy itself like there's an emotional trait to everything like it's, there's something that you're hanging on to instead of it's not just a series of jokes like yeah. the one they're not it's not very engaging to just watch joke after joke after joke it's a situational something truth uh-huh. you know? because other than that you're Jimmy Carr yeah, exactly and you're just, you're just like, punchline punchline punch 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 yeah. you're a yeah. comedian yeah. you're not writing a yeah, book exactly okay okay um, I think so the two things that are kind of really golden rules are surprise and timing and they're very uh-huh. connected uh-huh. So that you should, I think, there's something about using familiarity. So you bring people in, you, you bring them along a path, and then you don't do what's expected. So yeah. we, there's a surprise element of comedy. There's a surprise element of what we think is funny. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's, but it's you use what you know. You use what the audience knows, what mm-hmm. they recognise. So, so that's why there's comedies about workplaces, romance, about like families, about because we all yeah. know yeah. those are relatable things. And then something twists and yeah. goes the wrong way and you're like oh you know um and then there's the also the kind of opposite thing where repetition and callback also is mm-hmm. a thing that works as well we all kind of 
recognise that as well. And explain explain to me now what, what you mean by repetition and callback. It's, kind of, it's just like, you know, you see this a running gag or you see um, something happen earlier and it, there's a reference back to it. Okay. Oh, yes. yeah, 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 You know, yeah. so there's like, you know, somebody always does that and like, it's like, I, I like repetition, I have to say, I'll tell the same joke 16,000 times. <laughs> um, I think it gets funnier. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't. <laughs> I know, I know, it's a great thing. It just gets um, more elaborate. But there's yeah, a point yeah. where, you know, you're like, the, somebody does this thing and they do it in every situation, do it every time. Yeah. And then, you know, there's a there's a humor in the repetition, and then you know what you can do is there's going to be repetition, and then it doesn't happen, and yeah. then you you brought someone down a garden path and then upended. Yeah. Then, um, I think, yeah. Let me, let me see. Some of the stuff like I was reading was distinguishing comedy from drama, and it was like they're more or less the same, but you were allowed you're allowed to exaggerate in comedy in a way yeah. that you can't in drama and that kind of thing. And it, Plus, comedy is buying for laughs. Drama yeah. is buying for tears. But the structure is very similar. You know, mm-hmm. how you, the, okay. you're setting up the characters and what they do and what they want. Um, there was a lot of stuff I disagreed with, which seemed to me to be really, like, really taking comedy down to its basis level. That, like, so was, in all comedy, the driving force of the story must be a hideous dilemma for one or more of the characters. I don't think that's true. It doesn't mm-hmm. have to be, like... Then it's like the worst thing. It's the worst social nightmare in public. And you're like, well, I don't think that's to be true either. And I think it's not that well, those things not those can things, be. Yeah, it's not those things have to be. It's just sometimes they are. The, the rules I was reading were like, always, always, always. Okay, okay. And then, you know, similarly, every character is a robot, a beast, or a child, which I think is lazy. Yeah. <laughs> you know, um, and I um, one thing I do like is that you can use comedy to, in the, I think it should or it's, it's a great thing to do is to highlight the absurdity of the everyday like sure. the, you oh, know, yeah. to, and I think that's the best comedy yeah, observational yeah. comedy is like the funniest yeah. of comedies and yeah. again using that familiarity the stuff that we know to bring us in and kind of just go yeah but mm, you know yeah. and I think a lot of a lot of really good comedy does that you yeah. know like I think I think then there's the stuff about I read something with some guy says like if you don't think it's funny no one else will yeah um, and I but I think there are people who are like there's comedies that are not laugh out loud comedies yeah. and I think they're a waste of time <laughs> I'm like I went hmm twice not a good one you know uh, but sometimes I like uh, and I guess I wouldn't call them comedies I yeah. call them light hearted dramas yeah mm-hmm. do you know yeah, what I mean yeah. Where or they're the like, dramedy or the yeah, yeah. they're like yeah. a little bit light they're yeah. a little bit yeah. you know on the, on the funnier side yeah. but you wouldn't actually laugh at them yeah. and do you know what I hate most is when they put in canned laughter that is just oh, I'm like that yeah. wasn't funny it wasn't meant to be funny why is there canned laughter so there's a thing in um, I think they just and it ends up being different with so there's a lot of comedies and they don't necessarily use canned laughter but they do have audience laughter reaction laughter oh whatever I don't care whatever whatever if you have somebody in there who is prompting your audience to laugh like Father Ted or Big I know Bang but Theory I'm just like or... it, no leave it alone it's funny by itself <laughs> but they have I know they yeah. do but I don't think they should yeah. it's like okay. leave it alone okay. leave it alone I, yeah, I think okay. so too I um, like the, the canned think laughter it's, it's not canned though I know it's not I, I know it's not <laughs> and Graham Linehan will have a nervous breakdown on Twitter if you tell him there's canned laughter in the show and there's not like, there there's not it's okay. actual people it is actually reacting to yes. or, or it's, but it's just that it's recorded so yeah, when you yeah. are sitting at home watching it but you know there's a thing about laughter that you're more likely to laugh out loud when oh, yeah, other sure. people around you are laughing out loud yeah, so which is why that, they use canned laughter yeah. but like do you know, the Big Bang Theory now at the moment is the least funny thing you've ever it seen that's though it is like because of the car crash and now the canned laughter is like, I don't know what and it's like. loads of people doing videos were taking the laughter out and then yeah. it's really weird. But it's really weird because the actors are reacting to the laughter as well. So they're waiting for it to finish before they go to the next line. Yeah. Yeah. You know, so there is, I mean, I don't really want to get into it because I don't know enough about it. But I know there's an element of that particular type of recording and performance. Yeah. That there's right, a, the, where the actors are acting for an audience, which I think which probably makes you a better actor. Yeah, your, your yeah, audience is right yeah. there beside you, and there's nothing I mean, worse I, than I the love deafening sound of nobody laughing. Yeah, mm. there's great um, outtakes from the IT crowd where they just can't keep it in. You know, <laughs> and they actually have to say the most absurd things, and like, you know, they can't. They're laughing at each other. Yeah, yeah, to the yeah, point yeah, where yeah. somebody's like hugging a cushion. Like, you, know, yeah, like, yeah. you know, we need to get through it. <laughs> like you know, seventeen takes of you know someone yeah. unable to say. Yeah. Case of hot air or something yeah. like that. You and know. even in Friends, I've seen outtakes 
audience from Friends where they've been like clarifying that the audience mm. got the nuance of the yeah. joke that they weren't mm-hmm. laughing because of X they were laughing yeah. because they got Y and I, the audience I, are like yeah we got it it's yeah. probably a way to see if something is really just not funny oh like, yeah you know oh, like, oh I'd say it's like yeah. the, the acid test yeah. like yeah. definitely like I've been in comedy clubs where like Nobody laughed. Mm. And terrible. Like the person's just, oh, it's so awkward. The person's yeah. dying on stage. They're dying. You're dying. Everyone's <laughs> dying. You're just like, this is the most awkward thing. Please just get off that stage. Like I was once at a comedy show and it was like a, a whole group of newbies and this girl got up and I don't know, she's just having some sort of off night. But I say she said about four sentences and she's like, do you know what? Not my night. Have a lovely time, guys. And I'm off. <laughs> and she just got she herself off the stage because yeah. she was just dying on her feet. I've so. seen a few where they get angry at you. And you're like... The comedians get angry yeah. for you not laughing? Yeah. Oh, really? You're like... Oh, so even funny. more awkward. Yeah. Oh, oh wow. Yeah. And then, like... It's not <laughs> <laughs> like somebody giving out to you to make you stop laughing. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Nice. Okay. Okay. Yeah. All right. Back to the rules. Okay. Any okay. of the rules? Sorry. So I'm. I'm like. I'm trying to look at the list of things that okay. I had written down, and I now I'm not sure if I'd mentioned everything. Um. Yeah, I think I mentioned everything. I don't know. I don't, that's as many rules as I can. All right. Okay. And I think okay. you know you can break all the rules you want, except no kicking down. No kicking down. No. Okay. Okay. Um. So yeah. So there are rules for detective stories and crime stories and all the rest of that stuff. Um, th- I don't know who started writing rules, um, but um, there's kind of like a famous um, kind of list from the Detective Club, which was like the Agatha Christie, mm, yeah, yeah. Uh, Dorothy Sawyers, um, Roland Knox, all those sort of people. Um, and they they had these kind of Ten Commandments of detective fiction. So I'll just read down this. Few of them I agree, few of them I don't, but anyway, mm-hmm. here we go. So the first one is, the criminal must be somebody who's mentioned in the early part of the story, but not somebody whose thoughts the reader has been allowed to follow. Mm. So you're not allowed to be in the mind of the criminal. I want um, to read a book now that is in the mind of the criminal, but you well, don't know it's the criminal. Actually, mm. Agatha Christie did this. Yeah. She wrote um, the book of the murder of Roy Arnold or something. I can't remember what his name was. But anyway, it turned out that... You were in the mind of the criminal. Oh, so yeah. I was like, she herself broke this rule. Okay. I think, I think, I think Maybe that's the she tried book. Maybe she But anyway, yeah, I think sometimes with detective books, I think sometimes it's fun to break the rules because, mm-hmm. again, you're playing with that what's yeah. expected, what's familiar, yeah. and, yeah. you know, coming up with it. Okay. So then the next one is no, um, oh, sorry, all supernatural or, uh, all supernatural agencies are ruled out as a matter of course. So there's no magic, there's no mm-hmm. ghosts, there's no, none of that crap. No, not happening. And um, there's no more than one secret room or passages allowable. <laughs> yeah, that's a good rule of thumb. Yeah. Um, no uh, undiscovered poisons may be used or any appliance um, which needs a long scientific explanation. So no coming up with your own. You know, you, you, you have to know them. This one is uh, no Chinaman must figure in the story. And obviously, that's quite racist. Um, but what they were trying to say was at the time there was kind of a series of books that it was always the foreigner who had done the crime. Uh, okay. So if there was any foreigner at all in the book, it was the yeah. foreigner who had done the crime. So that, mm-hmm. I think, is what they're trying to point to there in a slightly racist way. Hmm. Um, no accident must ever help the detective. No coincidences. And the te- detective himself must not commit the crime. And the detective must not light on any cues which are not instantly produced for inspection by the reader. And the stupid friend of the detective, such as the Watson character, must not conceal any thoughts which pass through his mind. And his intelligence must always be slightly, but ever so slightly, below that of the average reader. And <laughs> oh, Watson, he was a doctor after I all. I know, I was like, I never thought Watson was that thick. But then I was like, how thick does that make me? <laughs> I had a real crisis when I read that one. I was like, okay. And then um, twin brothers or doubles in general must not appear unless we've been duly prepared for them. Mm. So I was like, I thought they were quite good yeah. rules. Okay, so but I think those, that whole series yeah. of Sweet Valley High novels was enough preparation for the crimes that would come. Oh yeah, yeah absolutely. The, the inevitable. I yeah. company <laughs> the whole town didn't wipe those two out. <laughs> yeah. Um, so right, so they were the kind of the golden age rules that, mm. that that had set up, right? So then Raymond Chandler came along, and obviously he very much in revolt against the golden age and that kind of cozy crime. He's all about that gritty, real, you know. She walked into the room. She was a sort of woman that whatever, you know. He's that, yeah. he's that sort of thing, right? So his rules were: um, it must be credibly motivated, both as an original situation. Um, it must be technically sound as to the methods of the murder and detection. 
Um, it must be a realistic character setting and atmosphere. They must be real people in the real world. Um, it must have a sound story value apart from the mystery element. So the investigation itself must be an adventure worth reading. Um, which I think is very good. Mm -hmm. um, it must have enough essential simplicity to be explained easily when the time comes. Yeah. So no convoluted... <laughs> you, Yeah, you know, no, like... Oh. Um, it must be suitable, suitable to baffle um, a reasonably intelligent reader. Um, the solution must seem inev inevitable once all is revealed. Um, and this one is interesting. It must not try to do everything at once. If it is a puzzle story then it must operate in a rather cool fashion and reasonable atmosphere, but it cannot also then be a violent adventure or a passionate romance. Hmm. So he's like, you're one or the other, and okay. don't be mixed well, up. What about the violent romantic puzzle series? Not allowed. <laughs> Not allowed. Banned. No. Yep, Banned. <laughs> um, it must punish the criminal in one way or another, so not necessarily by the law. Which I thought was interesting. So the I, criminal, I like that. I yeah, like he must get his commitments. He has to come. Yeah. Yeah, even if he doesn't get it, like even if he's not caught, then he must be later knocked down by a car or something like that. He must he must be punished, and then you must be honest with the reader. Um. So why wouldn't you be honest with the reader? Oh, yeah. How do you not be honest? Unreliable first person. Unreliable narrator. Narrator. Unreliable narrator. Oh Moira. Oh dear. Okay. I just leave you in the corner for a few minutes. <laughs> um. But then, um, a guy who um was called. Um, what was his name? Sorry, let me just find his name because actually I recognised it when I realised who he was. So um, his name was Willard Hunting Wright, um, and he was basically uh, pre World War Two New York. He wrote under a pseudonym, and he created um, some very kind of famous um, uh, detectives. But he came up with a list of kind of twenty, and he kind of built on the previous two. Mm. So obviously, like your your your. Those ones kind of date as kind of the, the, the whole thing moves forward. Um, so his rules were that the reader must have equal opportunity as the detective for solving the mystery, um, which I think is good. He's no mm. tricks or deceptions, which I feel murder she wrote. Like, that contravenes that yeah. all the time. Well, she, none, of those, none of those convictions would be upheld in court. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Because they never heard of entrapment. Yeah, well, and, like, she was constantly like, oh, I know he did it because I saw him do it and I forgot to tell you about it, you know, three hours ago. Do you know, like, he was always in this bit I never told you about. Anyway. Why she always in court? You're here again? <laughs> yeah. Fletcher? I have my suspicions. Somebody um, said once, everywhere she shows up, so oh yeah, yeah. People would be like, stop inviting around. We haven't got that many relatives, you know. Because she's either you're either going to end up dead or in prison. Yeah, you know, yeah. Falsely accused. Kind of yeah, you were like, I was just enjoying brunch. Anyway, okay. His third rule that I was like, oh, I'm not okay with this. There must be no love interest. He is very strict on this. Really? The business yeah. in hand is to bring the criminal to the bar of justice. It is not a love lorn couple um, to the altar. I was like, hmm. what if the lover and couple are brought to justice, <laughs> right. or, or a prisoner to, or a, a criminal to the altar? Yeah, what about Bonnie and Clyde. Or Come what on. about um, Tommy and Tuppence, the Agatha Christie's famous couple oh, that yeah. solve crimes? I was like, those they're okay. I wonder about heart to heart, Jessica Parker, and Johnson and Jeff yeah. <laughs> They were awesome at it. I was like, guys, I don't think I agree with that. Okay, then the next one is the detective himself. Um, should never turn out to be the culprit. That seems to go through all of them. Yeah. They're like, you know, you yeah. cannot be two things. And the culprit must be found through logical deductions. Again, I really agree with that one. Mm -hmm. um, here, the detective novel must have a detective in it. I felt well, like that was very self-explanatory. <laughs> they Yeah, yeah. But he said... It, it must also be a novel. <laughs> yeah. But he was like, a detective um, is not a detective unless he detects. His function is to okay. gather clues that will eventually lead to the person who did the dirty work in the first chapter. And if the detective does not reach his conclusions through analysis of those clues, he has no more solved the problem than a schoolboy who gets his answer out of the back of the book. So okay. his basic yeah. thing is you can't just like you know be ambling along and be like, Oh, hey, you know, a yeah. clue. Yeah, exactly. I'll just put that in my Jinkies. bag and not tell anybody about it, you know? Jinkies, a clue. <laughs> yeah. So he's like, they must, I think what he's trying to say is they must be an active agent. They must be trying to pursue this rather than, like, you know, something that they keep stumbling across. Um, there simply must be a corpse in the detective novel. 
which I was like, I don't yeah. agree with that. Oh, crime is murder. Yeah. Hmm. I was like, you can, you know, detect thieves and robberies and yeah. all that stuff. sir. Do you have a dis- uh, do people detect her a heist? Do you, yeah. Is that a thing? Yeah. Or is it a separate genre? I don't know. But like there was it wasn't there like I remember reading a whole series of books about cat burglars mm-hmm. and they were like climbing in and out and now I have a vague suspicion yeah. that was like Enid Blyton or something. <laughs> <laughs> but I still remember reading them. Who was the famous five? <laughs> I'm high on treacle tarts. <laughs> yeah. But I was like, and actually I went to a um, writing uh, class and uh, the tutor got up and said, it's not a crime novel unless you've got a corpse. And I was like, incensed. I was like, this is not true. I will uh, commit all sorts of crimes. <laughs> <laughs> of Just to show you yeah. people. Yeah. Um, so, <laughs> and then you end up a bunch of them in the face. I know, I know. <laughs> but anyway, this guy agrees with her. So I was like, oh no. Okay, the next thing is um, the the crime must be solved through uh, naturalistic means, so no supernatural, all the rest of the sort of stuff, that's fine. Mm. There must only be one detective. He can have a mate, but there must be only one lead one. What about true detective? I don't know. Is there more than one detective? I don't know true detective. There's two, isn't there? There's two. I don't know. I haven't watched it yet. Well, we have it. Well, what about Mulder and Scully? Mulder and Scully. Mulder and Scully from the X-Files. Yes. They detect together. They did. You know? Equally. Like, yeah. Know. But then but that again, was, that was X-Files sci-fi. is definitely uh, but he, sci-fi. Yes, it was yeah, sci-fi. Yeah, yeah. He, he did not use natural means. No, he didn't. So, okay. Um, she did. But she did, yeah. And um, the culprit <laughs> must turn out to be a person who has played a prominent part in the story. Again, yeah. I think that's, yeah. Uh, a servant must not be chosen by the author as the culprit. It must be a worthwhile person. I feel like that's badly but, phrased. But why is the author always doing it? Uh, yeah, that's what I think he's trying to say. He's like, it must be somebody who wouldn't ordinarily come under suspicion. There must be only one culprit. Even if he works with a team, there must be one lead culprit. Mm. What about Murder on the Orient Express? Mm. Everybody yeah. is. Everybody, Everybody is. is. That's the whole thing of it. They yeah. all have a, yeah, yeah. Uh, secret societies have no place in a detective story. Dan Brown out of the water. <laughs> what? <laughs> yeah. Secret society. Yeah, I was like, okay. The method of murder must be rational and scientific. So no, like, by the force of your mind stuff. No Jedi mm-hmm. tricks. And um, the truth of the... Fun. That would you be will. <laughs> you will categorize this as a time novel. I like that. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> you will believe you read a really good book. <laughs> You'll believe. You'll tell all your friends to buy it. When you go that part with your copy, read. you will force them to buy a new copy. <laughs> oh, my God. That would be the best magic trick ever. I'm learning that. <laughs> um, the truth of the problem must at all times be apparent, provided that the reader, the reader is shrewd enough to see it. Um, so um, I think when you get to the end and you realise, oh be, yeah, yeah, when you yeah. know the ending, you should be able to see it all the way through. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. No long descriptive paragraphs. No subtly worked out character analysis. No atmospheric preoccupations. This the business of this book is to to solve the crime. Mm-hmm. No, no. Mm-hmm. And I felt like there, I was like. Does that mean no character development? Because I'm all overbought. I like that. Yeah. That, that, that solves one of my problems. I was like, I'll someone... put a corpse in. Absolutely, no problem. Um, so we're sticking with Rule 16. And then the professional criminal must never be shouldered with the guilt of the crime in the detective story. Um, so basically, uh, this needs to be like a fascinating sort of crime. And it must be committed by somebody like of note, so like a pillar of the church or a spinster. Yeah, it can't be like, works. Um, a crime was committed by uh, Jimmy, who has committed six of these exactly. Yeah. <laughs> we went around his house, we arrested him, the evidence was there, he got convicted. Yeah. This yeah. is a really worthwhile novel. <laughs> We're glad Five you paid us. So don't continue reading the other <laughs> pages are blank. <laughs> They're just the letter A repeatedly pressed. Yeah. Ah, I just <laughs> Help me ah. Actually the next few pages I've just put words together that put picture a picture out of the letters. <laughs> I've done my book, thumbs up. up and then a corpse. <laughs> Dead <laughs> Um, the crime must never turn out to be an accident or a suicide um, motives for all crimes should be personal no international plottings or war politics they're a different genre altogether apparently and then the very last rule um, is you're not allowed to use any of these you kind of mash the whole heap into mm. rule 20 but anyway 
No butt of a cigarette must be left at the scene. No bogus seance must frighten the culprit into giving himself away. No forged fingerprints, no dummy figure alibi. Can't have the dog that does not bark because that means the person was familiar. Um, there can't be a twin who did the crime. I'd just know. like to say that like, I'm pretty sure my family's dog only barks at things that aren't there. Oh, really? So someone could burn a house, no problem. And the dog would not bark. Well, do you know what? Because it proves nothing. Yeah, well, <laughs> there's like a famous story in our family. As Solo, our dog, he used to bark every night at the people walking by the window, yeah. except for when the um, the guys came to rob the car. Because, you know, if you stand right in front mm. of the window, you can no longer see the um, the reflection in it. Yeah. So Solo used to be barking at his own reflection. He used to see another dog bark, 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 bark. <laughs> when they came up to rob the car, they broke that reflection, so he stopped barking. Yeah. So, yeah, anyway, mm. I was like, feckin' dog. Uh, and no word association for guilt. And no, this, I was like annoyed at this last one. No cipher or code letter which will eventually be unraveled by the sleuth. That was like a big plot point in my second book. <laughs> like, oh, damn it, I think I need to get rid of well, that. Well, you could, you could do that, but you have to have character development then. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. See, you either take it gives or or yeah, 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 yeah. So there were the rules. So I was like, okay, so some of them I kind of agree with. Rules. There are a lot of rules for, yeah, detective books. And actually... Yeah. This is revealed to me more and more that my book is not a detective well, book. Yeah, so. I was saying, do you, do you have a detective? Yeah. I don't think you do. I do, uh, do I have a detective? No, no, I don't. I have. Unless you want to make Bolsenberg a detective, which you no, don't think I really is. don't. No, I have. Gu- I have guards. I have police yeah. officers in it. But it's not from their point of view. No, They're not coming into a crime and no going through it. So those crime rules. I don't know if they're... No. They only, only apply to detective books. Surely they're... I don't know. I, I'm, I'm feeling very adrift in my writing right now. <laughs> I feel like this exercise has not helped me. I, was, I, I started basically to try and find my genre. Yeah. And mm. I feel like this has just proved ever further. <laughs> I don't belong anywhere. I don't belong anywhere. I'm no. homeless. <laughs> I'm out there adrift. Um, because, yeah, the more I get into that book... Actually, do you know what? To be honest, I'm now at this point with the editing that I'm thinking about abandoning it. That's where I'm at because okay. I have realised that I've done the structure. I don't feel like it made it better. I feel like it made it worse. I don't know whether that's a reflection of how bad it was before and I just didn't realise <laughs> or what, but I was like, it's really forced now. The structure is super forced. It's just like, yeah. oh, the anchor scenes are like icky. And... um it doesn't fit into any genre. It, you know, it doesn't seem to easily find a pigeonhole. Mm. I was like, I wonder, is okay, it... Okay, I have just have a question for you. Yeah. What's your story about? I have no idea. That's the problem. Mm. But, like, but the problem is that, like, I have five stories. Yeah. All yeah. intertwined. Yeah. What's your story about? My story is about anybody will rob... No, my story is about the... the <laughs> my story is about <laughs> yes okay so there's this thing that anybody would rob under the right circumstances yeah. and my story is about providing the circumstances and seeing which characters will rob and which characters won't what kind of remorse they will feel what kind of guilt they'll feel the kind of different reactions different yeah. characters will have towards theft okay now, that's what my story is about how much of those anchor scenes is about that how much of your setup is about that most of it, okay. In fairness, most mm-hmm. of it really is. Right. It's it's just that sounds really very subtle. esoteric, though. It's subtle. Like, <laughs> I mean, compared to like what you're writing about and what you're like, you know, is that what you're writing about, or are you writing about two people who have a weird circumstance which makes pushes them outside the things they thought they'd normally do, and it makes them shift in how they view themselves and other someone else. See. Yeah, sure. Because <laughs> that makes it sound like my book is kind of intelligent. So I'm like, yeah, let, let's go with that. I like that. But actually, no, because like the 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 two kind of the Remy and Lizzie story and the love story, they're only kind of three strands of like. Mm-hmm. There's a whole other part of the book going on that like has nothing to do with them. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. I I wonder if this is the multi-strand thing not working for you then. I don't know. I don't know. But now I feel like I'm so far down the road. That I well, couldn't unpick it. It'd be easier for me to just start a new book. Yeah. You, Have you considered you setting your house on fire? Yes. More than <laughs> once. Yes, I do. <laughs> I've considered lighting the pages of the book while they're attached to the wall and just watching it burn. <laughs> Not even, just in silence. Just watching it burn. <laughs> you know? 
I mean, like I am just oh, I'm, I'm at my wit's end with it and I like I have this deadline coming up and I'm like do you know do I do I go forward do I do mm. this development thing yeah. I kind of feel like I should because I feel like I'll learn from it even if I never put the book out yeah. there there's there's always that I mean you know it could be a thing that you look at it and go okay you've done all the structural work you just need this here this here this here and then you'd be like oh, actually I see it now you know? But what if she says no? It's really crap, and then she'll crush my spirit, and I'll have to cry. But then <laughs> you can come back to us to and we'll and start be start a new novel we'll or a hobby. Yes, start <laughs> yeah, yeah. Or take up knitting or something. Oh, it's cross stitching. Yeah, I've yeah. got a few patterns already. <laughs> <laughs> my next hobby picked out. <laughs> <laughs> the next thing I'm going to fail at. <laughs> Can't wait. Yeah, yeah. The Irish cross stitching podcast. That's what it's going to become. <laughs> I'm gonna change the name. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and everybody's gonna change hobby with me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, I'm really distraught with it. I don't know. So yeah, so this okay. this big plan of finding the rules. So I thought we'd find my genre. But I think those are rules. Tragically, novels and yours isn't so detective. No. Well, they're meant to be the rules of crime. Yeah, but they're very detective focused. Mm. You know. But then I wonder, are all crimes detective focused? No. 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 Because no. crimes happen in in books that. There's no. I don't read particular... crime, so I feel I, totally I don't, I don't read crime. <laughs> but well, do you know what? And yeah. I was Let's go commit some crime. <laughs> <laughs> we work backwards. Yeah. <laughs> I was listening to Margaret Atwood on the news talk. She was yeah. talking on the radio, and she was saying that all detective writers must write backwards, so they must yeah. know who their culprit is yeah. and work back. Yeah. Yeah. And that is not how I did this. Uh. I started at the start. I had my, like, crime. I knew how they were going to commit it, and I had no idea how they were going to be detected. And yeah. I let them loose. So, that, so but it's I not from the too. point of the detective, though, right? It's not from the point. It's not about following It doesn't have crime. any single point of view, though. It has mm. five points of view. But your book is not about solving what happened, because you show us what happens. No, it's not. It's about, it's about the impact of what happens on the people. And you, mm-hmm. you don't want to put character development in that? No, I don't. <laughs> <laughs> the impact is they're exactly the same. Okay, so worst case scenario, I you learned how not, how, how not to do Do you know what? I feel like I have effectively made every mistake I was told to avoid. I feel like I have like well hit done. them all. Absolutely. Achievement unlocked. <laughs> yeah. Like going through the pink ball machine, I have like yeah. knocked off every yeah. single one of them. Yeah, I'm really regret so, telling people that I wrote this book. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, oh, yeah, bit God. of a car crash. Anyway, anyway, that's enough for one day. <laughs> oh, oh my God! Well, I, you know, I'll follow your writing up with date with. I haven't done anything. So oh really? You're still better than me. Well, yeah. Even if all I've done is cried over my manuscript. But yeah, yeah. There's some tears that mine should absorb, and it hasn't yet. So, yeah, I've just been really distracted. I want to get back into it this weekend. Good. But, yeah, no, I haven't done the top. And how's yours gone? How's the editing going? Are you still going page by page? Oh, yes. Page 12 now? <laughs> well, yeah, we're How are you doing page, it? Maybe you're near page 30 now. Oh, okay, okay. You've picked up speed. So, okay. yeah, picking up speed. <laughs> what, were you 8 the last time? <laughs> it's yeah. 12, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah so <laughs> it's, yeah, I, it's, it's... Have you done the anchor scenes yet? I have not done the anchor scenes. Do I have the not anchor scenes. Had the the proper <laughs> headspace to, to do the, this. The road that you're down. You just want to fire your home, Kathy. Like, like yeah. the chances are right. The we all do that way. exercise. And we all discover we're right and shite. I know. <laughs> I was just like, why should I do this? Well, I like was I was see, saying this to you before. Like, I'm. I can't be. I can't really look at my, what I've written and be like, oh yeah, yeah, th- you know, this is improving. I think it's improving. Good. I think, but but I I mean, because I, I feel mine is. I'm the one that's writing it, so I need somebody else to read it and be like, does this make sense? Yeah. Is this help you visualize the world better? Yeah. Do you do you know what I'm talking about? Am I using the same words over again? Oh my god. I feel like my, I, my vocabulary is about five words. I describe everything with the exact same five words. If I read, I do too. Oh, I do too. So I have to yeah. go back in and, so and then swap words. Well, I, yeah, which <laughs> I, I have resorted to the thesaurus. Yeah, no, like, it's, a, it's a good tool for any writer at any time. But now it's like really fake. <laughs> it's so 
so obvious. It's like that time that in Friends when Joey uses the swords to write to the people and I thought it was adorable that they got a six-year-old to write the letter on behalf of them. Yeah, no, it's terrible, terrible. So, yeah, I mean, it's it's the, okay. the joys of editing. Yeah, I mean, so like, I think the whole point of this is so that we destroy ourselves, right? You Absolutely, know, like, it's uh, soul-destroying. Yeah, well, like, that's the, certainly the point that I'm at now. It is yeah. kill me, so destroy. See, I, do, I feel there are nuggets, there are real gems in what I... Because I, I have no idea what this version is like, because this is probably going to be a very different version. Right. It is very different. All the good bits are gone. <laughs> it's very it different. Kind of, that's what I feel like I'm doing with my screenplay right now. It's like I'm in a minute where I just kill everything that was good about it. Yeah. And it's going to go from like something that was kind of, okay, a little bit unstructured, but kind of at least fresh and funny, yeah. to something that is like really structured and dead. Absolutely, you that's know? exactly what I've done. It is formulaic and uh, flat, flat. See, I know I can see the point of the anchor scenes and the, and the structure, and I really, I really understand the point of structure. Um, well, especially because as a movie, you will have it so, like you, yeah, you started really there, mm-hmm. so you, yeah. excuse me, you already had your structure built in. But I think there's also something about a novel, like a novel also has to be something enough to draw you in, keep you there, and and there's something like, you know, light and interesting. So, like I really liked your novel when I read it the first time, I was oh, like, terrible. Mm-hmm. I was like, God, this is just, you know, I'm on a, I'm on a journey, I'm like, oh, these people are interesting, this is kind of funny. No, you know. it's like all the backstory's gone, because there's no reason for the backstory, so that's all gone. So like, There is a reason for backstory. Yeah. <laughs> you should, you know. Yeah, but it's like, it's yeah. this whole need-to-know basis, and you're like, you're right, it doesn't matter. So like, but, but some but people you, like those. Th- like, yeah. I was saying, yeah. again, you have to give enough people to care. Like, yeah, you have to. I don't know. I don't know. Anyway. It's maybe... I'm going to, to be honest, I think I'm just going to finish it, the editing, send it into yeah. this development editor, see what she says, and then throw it in the bin and start again. Well, will you let us read it as well? You know? Maybe. I mean, we've <laughs> maybe. Seen, maybe. We've seen yeah. all the other, like, so there's, I don't know, there's a thing about, right, you know, there's a thing about writing and painting and all this stuff where you overdo it. Yeah. You know? And, like, that you've thought about it so much that you killed the thing that was the spark mm-hmm. and yeah the, you know um you smother it mm-hmm. yeah. yeah and like i think there's definitely a benefit to structure but i wonder like you know i, I just wonder whether because i was reading another book a, another structure book yeah because i got all into this and it was saying so the anchor scenes are kind of like they're, they're basically five points and yeah. um, mm-hmm. through it whereas the 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 structure this was talking about the midpoint so it's it's about writing your book from the middle is that um mm-hmm. scott bell book yeah. that I is about, right so the middle of your book has to be a life or death situation it, yeah. you have to have death stakes now whether they're like emotional or whether they're like physical mm-hmm. or whatever so the middle of your book has to be life or death mm-hmm. mine is not well mm-hmm. so how that's in movies is that's the point of no return yeah, yeah. and what that means is not that it's life or death but you just can't go back. Yes. So something no, fundamentally he has, shifts. He has, he has like the middle of your book is your life and death. And then he has two pillars either yeah. side. And the first pillar is coming from act one to act two. It's your first point of no yeah. return. Mm-hmm. Then you go through your life or death situation. Yeah. Your character is kind of bought in. And then you go through your second pillar, which is your no, no return. Yeah. Hmm. And my right. book is nothing like that structure. But, and the anchor scenes are nothing like that structure. But so, so... Different people have different approaches to structure, yeah. you know. Both are telling me that and they're right. Like, I will tell you I'm right about things. Did you know? he have a structure? In Les Miserables, my Victor French Hugo. accent, killing yeah. that book. Les did he have No, but he was writing structures. literature, and I don't think anybody would ever accuse me of writing literature. But literature requires structure as well. Like, I, okay, this week, <laughs> the reason why I'm so darn the cats because I'm working on a proposal. And we got a proposal from a... We had a consultant working on it, and she wrote, like, you know, she's she's got a great reputation for doing these proposals, so she gave it to us on Sunday. And I had been working on it since Sunday. Yeah. And what she gave us 
absolutely ticks all the boxes. But I, oh, I keep kept thinking of your Frankenstein. It's walking, <laughs> it's talking, but it's not pretty. Yeah. Okay. And even though this is like this is for science, right? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> um, and the way reviewers read these, I mean, they might get three hours to read quite a complex uh-huh. document, and they're angry and tired and in an airport or whatever. Yeah. So you always want to have a lightness through it, a clarity, and that's what I do, right? Yeah. I, I, um, you know, and I try and change the words and make them clearer and shorter, and I felt that this lacked that, like heavy-handed, really, like I guess it ticked all the boxes, but it didn't have that. Like and we have a obviously an incredibly rigid structure, right? Yes, yeah, yeah. And I think that all writing, because all writing to be compelling, needs something to bring it to life. And if yeah. you just do structure, you lose that life, that mm-hmm. thing that makes mm-hmm. it real. And and it's not that structure isn't important. Structure, structure. We talked about it as being the scaffolding that you build your as a foundation yeah. that you you know if it's completely wrong, then maybe nothing works. But it's not the only thing about right. your book, you know? Like, yeah. you know, like, you have this, you had these great characters that were drawn, that were endearing, and they were complex, and they were conflicted, and they were doing things that they wouldn't normally do, and they were yeah. in different situations, and, you know, you knew yeah. them, but you didn't know them, and, like, yeah. I would just hate to think that you've lost that, you know? Okay. It was um, more of the situational comedy of, yeah, of the thing that, yeah. that really like oh here's the scene now you you could see all the characters and yeah. they're kind of like somewhere very stereotypical which is yeah. great because then you put them into these situations where they do these crazy yeah. things yeah. And, yeah and and yeah you and just kind of like through like, yeah and i thought it was funny but yeah. then it was like yeah, yeah. you know she was just like and you know, I guess one of the sentences that stuck out to me in this structure book was, "Sure, you can play with it all you want, but books that don't follow a structure end up in the unsold pile, because people don't know where to pigeonhole them, therefore can't market them, can't okay. sell them." But books that are killed by imposing structure that doesn't belong to them on them also end up in the unsold. Thing, yeah. Right. Yeah. Like, you know, if you, yeah. I don't know. I keep thinking of examples from my work, right? Yeah. Where people want us to do boilerplate all the time. Boilerplate, boilerplate, boilerplate. Okay. Give us the sentence. So every every. What's boilerplate. a boilerplate? Now? It's like so we we have three sections. One of them is basically science, how the science will impact, and how we will put it in place. Yeah. And people want us to always give them here is your how you will put it in place. The third section, right? Okay. How we manage it, project management. Yeah. How we'll communicate to the public. Then I always say no. That has to relate to the thing you start with. Okay. Right. I'm not going to give you the boilerplate because boilerplate won't win you the award. Right. Yeah. And I think that it's that like thing of, you know, the structure has to be suited to your story. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. And actually now I think about it, I think you're writing comedy. Not... I don't think you're writing crime. Yeah. I think I don't think it's funny enough to be comedy. Well, it certainly was. Yeah. It was. <laughs> it was there was a truth to it. Death. It had that truth thing, the loneliness, the you know See the loneliness all the gone. Loss. And all then, gone, like, gone. And then how you ended up in this situation. So that, that real pull, impulse into this kind of ludicrous situation that yeah. your main character ended up in, like yeah. where you're like, how did you end up here? But yeah. I see how you ended up here, yeah. and yeah, I can, yeah. you know. Stop and then things. how the hell am I going to get out with it? <laughs> yes, yeah. right? Yeah. So, like, in a way, it's that's kind of a, more a, like a comedy. It, it was like a period comedy at first, yeah. because yes. you had it set in the past. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then... Now I have some texting. It's definitely modern. It's definitely <laughs> modern. <laughs> so now... I draw the line at sexting. I was like, I can't write that. <laughs> <laughs> Just write your book in emojis. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I was like, but I put in a smiley face. I was like, no, it's not. It's not cool. It's not cool. Don't. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah. it's definitely modern. <laughs> That's how you know. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, I kind yeah. of... Like... And actually, do you know what? I and After all this talk of structure, um, I found that award at Sanya Vet. I fe- eventually found a comedy award um, that awards uh, awards to people who write comedy books. Mm-hmm. And the person who won it this time was called... Um, I can't remember her name, but she wrote um, Dear Committee Members. And her book is a series of letters. Yeah. Um, so there's clearly no, you know, five anchor scenes yeah, or exactly. your midpoint yeah. or your whatever. And yet it grows quite well. You get like a real picture of him, his two ex-wives, they're all in yeah. this university, mm-hmm. you know, all kind of, you know, he's kind of very annoyed that the English department is being overlooked, you know, yeah. in you know, favour for the engineers or whatever. And it, it's like, I'm only a couple of letters into mm-hmm. it, but it really grows. And yeah. like... 
It, it obviously is following no structure rules. Well, like, it that might I recognize. be following structure rules, but they're just in another form, or they're a different structure. Yeah, but I don't you recognize know, them so many for of example, the books. <laughs> I, keep, I keep using yeah. Game of Thrones as an example. But Game mm. of Thrones, massive world, right? And yeah. the thing that brings you in is that each chapter is from a different character's point of view. Yeah. So it's, in, it's it's huge big world, but it's incredibly personal. Right? Yeah, yeah. And that's the same thing with the Sucky Sackhouse novels. It's a personal yes. entry into a big world. Yeah. And like, you know, so it's that, like, what's the thing that draws you in? And in that case, it's there. It's those letters and those things tro- told through that medium. Yeah. But that doesn't necessarily mean that there isn't anchor scenes or there isn't points of no return in those things. But they're just appropriate to that. You but know? there's not, because there's really... The letters are standalone funny pieces. Okay. Do you know what yeah. I mean? So, yeah. like... Does it tie together as a novel? I don't know. Yeah. I don't know, but it certainly works as a novel. And I'm certainly as long as you enjoy reading, it, I really enjoy reading it. it. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Then it hangs together. Yeah. If you don't kind of, I think, I think something hangs together a novel if you put it down and pick it up again. Yeah. Like yeah. Yeah. you know, um, I I think like novels are for all the talk of structure and all that, and structure being important. Like novels can be structured in all different types of ways. You know, mm-hmm. it is free reign. It's just you and the words and the blank page, you know? Yeah, yeah. Like, they mm. like you to have pages and to write with, you know, letters. But, like, yes. you know... Yeah, you I know, yeah. Novel. But I guess, and I'm, I guess I am struggling between the idea of writing a good book, a new book, a, a book that kind of I thought was funny and, and, you know, was interesting and had this crime element and all the rest of it. Or writing into a recognisable genre that somebody could sell. And I think those two think, things yeah. are because, conflicting here. Yeah. Well, because it was your first novel. Yeah. And you probably enjoyed writing it. Oh, I did. Oh, absolutely. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, and I say, just kind of forget the structure for now. Yeah, I, yeah. It, it, because you've done this, and so yeah. you can see, okay, well, this yeah. is where the here and there, the next story that you'll have might. Oh my god, like last week this. I said I wasn't going to start with structure, I swear to god. Yeah. Next time I start well, with structure. Do you know what? <laughs> I, swear. Notes. I don't want to say it's recently, but I, I have such a back catalogue of them, I have no idea which one I was listening to. Someone yeah. asked them what were the rules of screenwriting, yeah. and listed up a whole pile of rules, and they went, no, 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 no. You know, those are good, they can be good ideas, but they're not rules. Yeah. And <clears throat> what they said, when I thought it might be very true here, mm-hmm. is that you're working in terms of outliers. So in, in movies, anyone who gets, anyone who sells a screenplay is an outlier, right? Okay. You, you're, you're an outlier. You get a movie, you're an outlier, right? Okay. So all the things about structure and about like this kind of like, this scene happens here, this scene happens here. They can own, like you, they will help you if you have genius and you are an outlier and they will yeah. help you pervade it. But just doing the structure will not make you... Having a perfectly structured screenplay will not make you ever sell it. Because it's, it's only the outliers that will sell. Only the brilliance and the difference and the something standing out that will sell. Yeah. And, like, so I think that this is the thing here, that all the structure in the world isn't going to make you have a great novel. Yeah. And certainly not going to if your structure kills what is the outlier about you, which is this, like... And I wonder, was I going for like mid-level obscurity? And now <laughs> I realize, but Kathy, you've achieved that already. <laughs> I have it. I'm still at point zero. So I feel like this will either like you this know this podcast has at least ten listeners. <laughs> I think we're there. I well, I feel like this novel will either be like you know, oh, it's brilliant. It's you know, I love it. Blah blah blah. Or it's like pile of trash. What were you thinking? I don't. I I feel like it. It, it doesn't. Mm. It does not going to fit something in the middle and I think that's why I'm having such a hard time finding the genre and and that's why I'm having such a hard time when I impose structure on it and I'm having such a hard time when I try to yeah what, no I'm not I'm not getting positive faces off that no, comment I just, at all uh, <laughs> I, see, I yeah, just think I, there's stuff in it that's worthwhile there definitely yeah. is like and okay look I'm not saying you can't put it down and walk away do whatever you want to do and I yeah. think that's grand and whatever's right for you but it makes me sad that you kind of, in this version, shelved a lot of the things that really stood out about your novel. Yeah, I really like, think I feel like I killed a good bit. So now come on, I can always go back. I yeah, have, yeah, I have yeah, saved yeah. my many, many. <laughs> yeah, we all have the word horse. Yeah, 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 yeah. It, it's, it's still safe. Don't you worry about it. But yeah, 
Yeah. Okay. All right. Anyway, come here. We better finish this podcast because we can talk for a long time. Um, so, um, yes, that was everything for this week. If you want to find us, you can find us on um, Facebook, Facebook, uh, the Irish Writers <laughs> Podcast, or you can tweet us at Irish Writers Pod, or you can email us at irishwriters at gmail podcast at gmail dot com, and that's it. Yeah. Okay. Thanks, guys. Thanks for listening. Bye. Yeah, bye. bye. bye.